Craggy Island Rugby episode 22. Uh, the sports ground is packed. We got a couple of seconds to go to uh, the start of the game. No, it's not packed. Of course, it's not packed. Ireland have just finished against England, and Dave Finn's with me to start the podcast. Uh, it'll be. It's more than I expected with 20 minutes to go before. It actually is, yeah. Um, I think everybody's in a good mood. We've just seen Ireland beat England. We've seen Robbie get man of the match. Um, from our perspective, as, as, as Mayo men, we've seen Mayo win. I'm a Liverpool fan. Liverpool won today. I'm optimistic already. That would be four out of four. That doesn't happen that often. So I'm have a good feeling about this. I just think there's a strain of optimism going through the side. And the crowd's in the. And I do think there'll be a little bit of a bounce from the Ireland game. Everybody's in. There's just a good atmosphere, even yeah. if there's not many people here. I agree with you. There's probably a, probably as many. As I would have expected to be in watching the game under the stands and wherever and in the clan bar but people are streaming in now and uh, both sides warming up we haven't seen any changes yet so hopefully uh, it'll be as selected yeah, if there are any changes it'll come in in the warm up period the two teams are announced 20 past 4 it's now 10 to, 10 to 5 no changes 9 to 23 Going as we expected, we more or less predicted the team on, on Wednesday that it would be... We thought maybe if Mills would play, he'd go in the 13. He's not available. So as we expected, Danny into 13, Craig to 10, Nihi on the wing. No huge surprises, uh, but good to see Tiernan in at 15. All right, Alan's off, uh, I don't know, giving a ticket to someone or someone, but when he gets back, he'll take over from here. I'm off to commentate, and I'll be back off first. Talk to you later. <laughs> Okay, well, you've, you've just arrived. Is there any reason why you're not here normal? You're normal half an hour beforehand. You mean the hour beforehand? Asher, there might have been another match on up in Dublin there a little while ago, and uh, it was worth watching. Uh, a fantastic performance by Robbie Henshaw. Uh, Connacht boy, absolutely brilliant, and sets Ireland up. Now we've got to get going to some live rugby. Uh, this is a five-point game for us. We really need a bonus point here this evening. Sonecli uh, and Edinburgh have both got bonus points this week but haven't actually won their game. So, come on, Connick, it's been set up for you. OK, now we have our break-in play. <laughs> that, that, was, that was some bloated play from, from uh, Treviso. We're, we're winning 10-0. Um, looking good until the last five minutes. Yeah, it's a bit of a harem scarum game. I think both sides have decided they're just going to run the ball at every opportunity. And it's not very structured. But uh, we made a very good start. Lovely try by Tiernan. We've just maybe lost the intensity a little bit there. Um, we now seem to be going for some TMO decision. So Connacht just need to keep up to their work. And um, I suspect that if they can snuff out this uh, bit of Treviso activity, they can uh, keep going on. half time we're winning 13-5 you're not too happy William? No I thought we uh, rather stepped off the pace there a bit Uh, they have been playing with a win that's not immediately obvious in the stand how strong it is but we've been a little bit sloppy Uh, we're also pretty obvious that we're trying to run the ball all the time so they've moved up in the line it's become quite messy there's a lot of pressure on this game in some regards this is must win but they also must get a bonus point it's it's that simple and we've played it's got a bit panicky They, they need to settle themselves down we are allegedly a second half team and we're now going to get a chance to uh, prove that 
Okay, William, we're coming to you five minutes earlier than normal. 55 minutes gone because we have the bonus point. Indeed we do. Second half strikes again and a very strong wind and a bunch of Italian guys who I think have a lot of changes and they're starting to look pretty pretty ropey to be honest with you. Um, we've just kicked the conversion. Uh, just keep playing now. Get as many points as you can for points difference and um, get ready for Cardiff next week. There's there's nothing else to it and try not to get injured. It's a cold night here now. So that's what they want to watch. Yeah, we've had a couple of injuries already. Owen Masterson's gone off. Looks like a, some sort of shoulder or maybe a head injury. Uh, Quinn Rue came off. He looked as though he was limping. So hopefully they're not too bad and we can do the job next week. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's a very, very short turnaround time. So uh, you just have to sort of play a game like this out now. I think any, any score you like is almost possible because I... I don't think there's an awful lot left in the tank for uh, Treviso. Well, William, 53 points to five. I believe that's the first time we've, we've got 50 points in a league game. Well, it's quite possible. Uh, I'm open to correction, but I think it's very close. Um, there's not much you can say. We just overwhelmed them totally in the second half. Used the breeze. A couple of nice tries. Or the breeze of the wind. To say, and they did—they did exactly what they had to do. Um, they needed a bonus point win tonight. They've done it. Sets them up for next Friday in Cardiff. Uh, hopefully, injuries permitting, we'll be able to get a strong team on the field. Well, this is the Craggy Island Rugby Live edition. But unlike those other podcasts who do that, uh, the studio audience here aren't really listening to us. We're in the corner of the Huntsman, and Connacht have just won. And this is the first time this season, which is probably a sign of the better weather we've had, Dave Finn, where it was too cold to do the podcast off outside. It was quite simply the coldest I've been in there. Even in November, it wasn't that cold. And yet at the same time, I also at one point couldn't see anything because of the low sun. It was a, there was a period, it was, I think it was Treviso, the only time Treviso got into our half in the second half, and I just couldn't see anything because of the sun. And that's how crazy today was. Yeah, it was like my car was covered in snow at one point this morning. William Davies is with us. He's checking his Betfair account. Why are you checking your Betfair account? <laughs> Mr. Robbie Henshaw, first try scorer, first try for Ireland, 28 to 1. Thank you very much, whoever uh, laid those magnificent odds. Alan Deegan, who was the last player while still involved with Connacht to score a try for Ireland? Great question, but it was it Lisa? Lisa, Lisa Lawler. Can, Lisa. Lisa Mosfin asked Lisa Lawler live on air today who was the last Connacht player to score. We have we know players heavily involved with Connacht, uh, Johnny Concrete, Gav, but they weren't at Connacht when they scored. So the last player playing for Connacht to score a try. We definitely think Simon Gagan. It might be Mark McHugh, but we have to check our records. And what did you answer for him? I was going to test him. Thanks, Dave. That wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, you're very welcome. Bob. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> Mark McHugh has one cap for Ireland and he scored a try on that cap and it was in Samoa which is one of the more obscure uh, locations to have your own cap but very proud of his one cap and rightly so great player for Connacht in his day he had a try who else had a try um, he was the last Connacht player to score a try for Ireland whilst still with Connacht that's unconfirmed we don't, we're not sure well, we know Johnny O'Connor was with Wasps when he scored against Romania. We know Gavin Duffy was at Hartigans when he scored against Scotland. So, uh, uh, well, before we talk about what was a really ruthless display from Connacht today, maybe just for this one podcast, we'll give Ireland pride of place because they delivered. And one of our own, Robbie Henshaw, was outstanding. Man of the match, yeah. He was, he was tremendous. 
Absolutely. And I don't like man in a match. <laughs> yeah. stuff, I have to say. But he got it. So there you go. And I've never seen anyone look so proud when they got the man in a match award. His face was brilliant. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, and his face after the try was. too. Yeah, yeah. But it was a brilliant try. It was one of those tries that you will remember for years. The skill level, the placing of the ball was perfect. But to rise as high as he did, to pull it out of the sky, we were saying it was almost American football-esque, like a wide receiver just pulling the ball in and having no room but getting the feet down. Yeah, absolutely. He, he, you know, he timed his run to perfection. He timed his jump to perfection, caught it, controlled it, and managed to get it down before he slid into touch. So, yeah, fantastic. That's a big win for Irish rugby as well, isn't it? Yeah, it, w- it was, because... I have to say I thought England would win that game. I thought they'd win it by six to ten points. Um, That's the bet that didn't come in for winning. I know that I didn't actually. I, didn't, I actually, I actually backed. I actually backed a draw because uh, that was twenty-three to one. So um, I, I'm I'm well covered. It was a huge win. It was a very important win in World Cup year. The old thing about laying down markers and all this. It was a perfect example of the way that Joe Schmidt wants this team to play. Everybody knew what they had to do, and they did it. And they had a game plan, and England couldn't really cope with it. They froze a little bit, and then they all started running around in like headless chickens. The amount of time they got caught one-up running, which is something they haven't been doing. I think they were shocked by the physicality of Ireland and the accuracy of what we were doing. Um, we got a little bit messy when the substitutes came on, but look, it's it sets them up. They go to Wales, they go to Scotland, they have another Grand Slam. Yeah, it's something that it's it's funny that's sort of gone out of the lexicon of the uh, commentators for Ireland talking about how huge the opposition are because we were far bigger than they were, except in the back row today. In every other position, the front five, we had a bigger front five, and the whole back line was bigger. The only player that matched up to any of our players in the back line was Burrell. Everyone else, we had two or three kgs, if not four or five kgs on them, as well as height. You know, I went through the stats, I went through all of them. Burrell is the only man who was of a similar size to his opposite player. We were massive in the backs, and that that told because they their, their back line were <laughs> kind of stunned by what was going on bashed off the ball a few times right if you like your Ireland and England and if you want our view on it because you'll be getting tons of views from tons of podcasts on that we will give another five minutes to this right at the end how about that lads because like people are tuning in because this is one place where we talk about Connacht first and foremost 53 points to five uh, but it's not just like when you compare that to the hammering we put out in Zebra it's very different Dave I think because Ze- Treviso really put it up to us in the second quarter they asked some questions and the ruthless performance in the second half it's the most professional performance I've seen it's, 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 it's. We've played, probably played better rugby. We played with more passion. We played with more skill at occasional, occasionally. But we've never been that professional. That game was. You could easily switch off after 55 minutes, make all your substitutions, bring them on, and then coast through the last game and avoid injuries and play a little soft. There was none of that, and I think that's different from, for certainly from what I've ever seen. In that. We could, I mean, the game was over, but we still went on and got seven tries, eight, seven tries. Could have got eight. No let up, no let up in, it, no let up in the in the professionalism, and that's the outstanding thing about today. We will probably play better eighty minutes of rugby yeah. at other points in the season. We've certainly played individual moments that are much better, but in terms of the overall package within us, that was very, very professional and very, very good. Yeah, we we said earlier on when we were doing our little bit in the stand 
about the... Um, Sorry, there's chips being ordered in the background here and there's a bit of laughing from our... We do actually have a live studio audience. There's three lads over there. <laughs> uh, we, we were saying about the second half performance. I suspect they got a hell of a rocket at halftime again because we... I, Treviso improved, but we just stepped off the pace for the second quarter of that first half. But the, the wind... No, it's the thing that's talked about all the time there. But it really was. It didn't feel it in the stand, but you could see by the flags. We used it today, and we knocked the stuff in out of them, which is exactly what we had to do. Don't give them an inch. And in the end, they just wanted to get it done and dusted and away. So I don't think Connacht can really overanalyze that game. I think you just take it, five points. We needed five points. We got them. Roll on to Cardiff. Yeah, we, we felt the wind while we were waiting for Rob to come out after interviewing four players for the first time this season before we made it down to the Huntsman um, in the cold and the wind. So, yes, we, 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 we felt that wind, certainly. But, Dave, um, defend the journalist core in this half of the podcast. Um, it is very unprofessional for any journalist to walk past a player while he's been interviewed by another journalist. He <laughs> waits for that. Pretty much, ah, you're grand. Don't need to talk to you. It is incredibly poor form. It was something we would never, ever, ever contemplate unless we were really in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> or, you're, or, or you were as cold as we would be outside. <laughs> hey, I wouldn't mind. You, know, you took so long, the clan bar was shut. <laughs> they shut the clan bar. We had nowhere warm to stand while we were waiting. We were thrown out of the clan bar. <laughs> we sort of hung around and then they started, turned off the music and said, you got to go, boys. You know, I was chatting to Warren Gavin a few weeks ago. I was on our podcast in La Rochelle. And before he realised, before I lost the batteries and caused all sorts of trouble on the poor guy, he actually said himself, those lads don't have to give you a lot of grief. Now, then he understood why, but you don't have to give me a lot of grief. Do you know, Chris? Hey, it was good, interesting chatting. We'll, we'll hear the audio from Tierno Halloran, Ali Muldowney and Craig Ronaldson. I thought, just like Ali, as good as ever. They're all as good as ever. But it was a couple of interesting things with Tiernan and with Craig. I definitely want to play those bits of audio. Tiernan gave us some really good insight into the work he's done in the background to get back. Indeed. Um, it's great to see him back. I mean, I this is the first time he started the season. The two cameo appearances in the in the last two games. We are going through a period where we can't always have this penchant for having injuries in specific positions. And at the moment, the, the general position we're having a problem with is back three. We're losing a lot of players out of the back three through injury. So when you get someone like Tierney who can cover wing and full back in, but you would think that given his injury scares and given how he's been and given that he's desperate to hold on to a jersey, which they all are, you'd think he'd be a little bit snatchy. He'd snatch at things. There was no... He was, he was the first one out of the box. First break, first minute, up through the centre. Grant Gets on the end of... Well, Matt being Matt was brilliant, but gets on the end of that pass that Matt makes. But then you think, again, maybe he'll switch off. He's done his bit and he'll coast through. No, he doesn't because he again gets into the line in the second half to set Matt up for his try. The only disappointment I said to is I think he would have liked to stay down for the full game. I think it's the only thing he can say that would make him disappointed with today. But it's great to see him back. And especially, it's great to see him back because you always feel with some players, especially when it's knee injuries, that they're going to be a little bit fearful, especially in those first big hits in and around the legs. I was none of that today. And as he'll say himself, I think Mills has definitely been a benefit to him. Yeah, it's funny. He did say that, didn't he? And do you know what he said, which was really interesting? He said, you know, uh, he's played a lot of his rugby on the wing and he, playing a fullback was something he wanted to try to adjust to and he had mentioned it to Pat as well he's a confident young lad as well but on, on top of that he, I think he knows as well as we know from what we saw today full back is the place for him 
Oh, it, it is, and especially when he's got wingers like Danny on one wing and he's got Matt on the other. He seemed to be tuned into them yeah. very quickly. Every time Matt made a break, he was there. He was there to be given the ball. Exactly. We haven't had that for a while. I asked him in the question, when the question asked him, I was like, it was so unusual. You're playing with Matt for the first time this season. It felt like you had been playing together all season. Yeah, like they just seemed to really switch on. Every time Matt turned around to offload, Tiernan appeared to be there and he appeared to give it to him. And it was great to see. We really were exciting. It was an exciting, exciting back three to watch, knowing that we've got the likes of Dara and, and Mills to come back in there. It's, it's nice to get a bit of depth. William, you just said there, off air, like he seems to have bulked up, but I, I think the physicality of our entire back line is good. A few clear outs today. Matt Healy did one clear out that saved an entire situation where it could have been a turnover. And you wouldn't think Matt Healy is the biggest man on the pitch, but, but he can be physical. Uh, it's, it's modern rugby. Everybody needs to be physical. The, the, only, the only chap who probably isn't is knee, who uh, still looks a little bit frail and he, he, he took a knock today he's quite brave he's um, he made a couple of tackles he missed one or two but he, he did get a rather nasty bang just before half time and didn't reappear he really looks like an old style winger to me he's uh, in that he just doesn't have the physical size that these other guys but then he's not a professional rugby player as long yeah it could come yeah, and, and you're looking at it's not just that, that Tiernan's booked up. He's booked up. Sorry, he's 24 now. He's he's got as the guys used to say when I was coaching under 21s, they couldn't wait for their man strength. I think that's what he's got. He's got his man strength that it's it's there. He's he's you know fully grown into his body now at this stage, and he looks as though he's he's, he's properly there. Whereas you say knee, he's still only 21, 22, so he still has a bit to go on that front. It's interesting. The last week in an interview, Pat Lamb said Tiernan comes in with his experience. In co-commentary today, Brett Wilkinson said he's probably. One one of the oldest players in the back line. Tierney's only 24. He was like probably one of the youngest players in the back line and that's not a criticism of the lads. It's the image that he portrays. It's the five years. It's the fact that his debut was at 19. It's He's older than his age. Yes, that's for sure. He plays like a 29-year-old. I know, that's true. I mean, if you consider it, Tierney's the only one of the back line that starts, well, of the Irish back line. And we'll, we'll leave Danny aside because he came from Western Province. But Tierney's the only one that didn't play AIL. Because Robinson came through AIL and he came... No, no, no. Tiernan did play AIL. He played with Colwegians. Well, I'm some, okay, well, I'm afraid that slightly. He's the only one who didn't start, who hasn't come yes. into the side okay. from an AIL club because yeah. Nee's come in from, from Trinity. Craig came in, Matt came in. And you, uh, I, think you're, I think you're absolutely right with Nee. I think, I think you're absolutely right when it comes to Nee. I think Nee next year will be a bigger guy without necessarily losing the pace. But you can see the difference being in the setup for a couple of years. When Craig started, he was a little bit yeah. all over the shop. When Matt started, he was he was in and out of the team. That didn't help him. But we see with Turner, who's been there since he's sixteen. He is, even though he's younger than Dave Mack, he's younger than Craig. I think he's the same. I think he's younger than Danny. I think Danny's twenty yeah, twenty five. Yeah. But Turner's six years in a professional setup, and that makes a huge difference. He knows how the system works. He's worked under three, two, three different coaches, and also he's been the longest one there with the likes of Nigel and Dan, and knows how they work. And I think that makes a difference. And the longer you work with someone, the way you, the more you, you click into what they have to say, and that's why Turner coming in even though he is in chronologically younger than a lot of those guys, in terms of experience with the setup, he's way ahead of the Nihis, Danny's and Craig's in this world. Post-game audio starts with uh, just a couple of lines from Pat Lamb. There's a lot to get in here, but I want you to listen to some of this because they're really interesting interviews. Been with Ali Muldowney. Uh, we also talked to Craig Ronaldson and to Tiernan O'Halloran, the man of the hour, I guess, one of the men of the hour. Anyways, there were so many of them. Pat, as results go, that's uh, that's about the best you could have possibly hoped for because the performance as well backed it up. Yeah, it was. Uh, um, you know, we obviously um, we saw the results and we we knew we there was um, everyone was 
all our supporters, everyone wanted the outcome. We knew we wanted the five points. But we um, really focused on a process this today on about pressure and going from minute to minute. And we, we started off well and there was a few little ropey bits, but you know, to be fair to the boys, we're playing in quite a tough one. And so uh, we knew if we can get to half-time ahead uh, that um, we spoke at half-time about really going for it now and applying the pressure on on them, uh, you know, obviously starting from set piece. And But I highlighted on some video clips at half-time where there's opportunity and spaces and anything leading us down was a little bit of time and, and, and passing. And, um, you know, uh, fair play to the boys and great, great squad effort. We've got everyone on the field and, um, and everyone contributed. So... Uh, feet firmly on the ground. We've got a very unusual five-day turnaround away game. So we, you know, we've um, we'll recover in tomorrow. We normally the boys have a day off, but we've got to do a team recovery tomorrow. Do a video session in the afternoon, and then um, we've got to do an indoor session out at Marion. Probably only have one training run before we get on the bus at six o'clock on Thursday to head down to Cardiff. I suppose the int- intensity will impress you a lot as well because the lads got an early try, but they didn't let off. And even that spell just before halftime proved that Treviso had something to offer, and they answered it after halftime. Yeah, you're right there. I think the lessons we got from, and they stood contrasting games, was the Scarlets game versus the Dragons game. And there was a lot of stuff structurally that was okay, but the bottom line was the intensity wasn't there, which, and desire and, you know, body language stuff, individuals, and we spoke about that, and there was a lot better last week. And so when you can say, well, which which Connacht's going to turn up, you know, challenge them, is it going to be the the Dragons game or the Scarlets game? And if it is the Dragons, we still need to go up higher. And, and, and that you know, that's what they brought, and, uh, and that's what's pleasing, because if our guys are up, we're in, you know, we got a chance every against anybody. When the skill levels are so strong right at the end for that try, which is one of the better tries I've seen Connick score, that last one was outstanding score through the phases. Yeah. Is that something that you feel the fruits of the hard work that's gone on over the last maybe 12 months are, are starting to pay off now? Yeah, it is. I mean, we, um, you know, I call, have things I call team skills where, um, you know, um, one to 15, whatever position, you need to be able to do certain things so that we have more options available and, more, and we can play the game we need to We need to on any given day against uh, to win the game and taking in the... the the opposition, what they give us, and the conditions. So um, it's a con- continual work on when you never you never stop, and, but you keep challenging. And you know, fair play to the coaches and uh, and obviously the players. Uh, there's a lot of work done on skill level, and um, and when it comes off, it is. And when we know we blew a couple with some, you know, poor passes, and and when you know, that's what we're after. And the structure at halftime, it's easy to just say, you know, heads up, just nail this, and the. That it will come if you do that, and um, and the boys did it at, at, um, a lot of the time in that second half. All right, Ali Muldowney, first of all, uh, that was looked like a pretty tough battle in that first half. You laid the groundwork, and boy, did you make hay in the second half. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the wind, you know, there's a strong wind going down into that corner. We were playing into it um, the first half. I mean, to come out on top in the first half, luckily, we've had some real tough games there. You know, against Munster, Edinburgh, and some other games. So, you know, it's our home ground, it's our fortress. So, we know how to play those conditions, and I think that came to our advantage. Yeah, the wind was probably stronger than we realised in the early stages. You retained possession very well through those uh, phases in the first 20 minutes, and you built up a good advantage. It was a great first try. Yeah, I mean, I do what we said we wanted to do. We just wanted to keep our discipline, keep the ball playing in the right areas. I mean, Unfortunately, the wind forces you to play in areas you might not want to play in, but we just thought we didn't want to give any easy outs because with that wind, you, you know, you get penalised for anything stupid. You know, they can put you 50, 60 yards back down the pitch, and you've got to try all over again, it's, and that can be really disheartening. And a lot of times this season, the mall has laid the groundwork for victories, and I think that try 
just after halftime was a real statement, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't think uh, uh, Dan McFarlane has been too pleased with us at the forwards and our conversion rate. So he's been on us the last couple of weeks and we've intensified that in training and hopefully we'll keep him happy for a couple of days. He's got to be happy with the, uh, with the tackles you made during the game yourself. And, and like, I think he'd be happy with the whole forwards, really, because like, contact, breakdown, turnovers. Yeah, I mean, you always know... Big pack. You've got some players. They had a lot of forwards on the bench. You know, they, they you know, they, they really want to try and take us on up front. And you know, if we, if we give them an inch, you know, they can really get on top of teams. They are really, they can be a dominant pack. And so, you know, especially at home, our fortress, we have to step up to the plate there. Craig, uh, first and foremost, you know, great game for for, for Connick tonight from start to finish. But I think maybe take us into that third quarter. What you did after halftime that just made sure this was bonus point was put to bed after about fourteen minutes of that second half. Yeah, exactly. We said we, we played into kind of that strong wind in the first half, and we talked about kind of trying to hold on to the ball um, and then relieve pressure at times. And we uh, we let in that try just before halftime, but we knew going into the second half with the wind, it wasn't just going to happen for us. We were going to have to work hard try to get as much territory as we could and, and apply pressure to them and I think we did that we got an early try to start off with and I think that kind of helped us build a bit of momentum and we just managed to play the game in their half quite well and um, we knew it's tough to play out of your own half in that wind and um, getting the early try helps we built momentum and, and we carried on from there One of the things I noticed was just how much changes there were in the back line throughout the game and you're talking about gelling it didn't seem to disrupt the flow I mean Finn was in there Carty was in there Porter and a lot of movement around as well it all seemed to work well Yeah that's right there was a bit of mix and match in there but that's something we've kind of worked on and trained through the weeks and we've talked about guys when they get their chance and we're trying to, to build a competitive squad here and and guys are, are, you know, making it tough to get into the team and, and fighting for the place to get in there. So um, it leads for a very competitive environment at the moment. And I think that's great when guys are coming in and not only just fitting in, but doing well as well. All right, Tiernan, uh, first of all, great game for yourself today. First start uh, in the 15 jersey, I suppose. That's where you wanted to be to get a chance to see what you could do. And it was a good start, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's delighted to be back in the team. Um, it's been a tough season, you know, through injury. Mm. But yeah, as I said, it was a massive opportunity tonight. And the early try, I suppose, has really helped me uh, build a bit of momentum into the game. But yeah, I suppose, with the way the backs gelled tonight, it was easy to get into the game and it was a great team performance all around. You used the word gelled. I was just going to ask you, it was like you guys have been playing together for quite a while. Like, for example, yourself and Matt linked very well in those early stages. I mean, is that something that's coming through training? And, you know, it's not, it was the first time that you were playing together from the start. Like, Yeah, absolutely. I think if you, if you look at training this week, we had a very good week training, despite some of the tough conditions that we trained in. But we brought a lot of confidence, especially from the win from last week. It was a massive win for us and we really wanted to em- emphasise the Fortress Sports Ground, you know, getting a win back here because I think we lost our last two games at home. So it was massive, massive for us to get that win. And as you say, the backs went gelling really well. So it's good that um, at this ter- at this stage of the season that we're all we're getting a few tries out in the backs. Clinetti performance seemed to sting the squad a little bit. I mean, there was a real sense that you wanted to kind of make amends for that. And nine points from ten is, is not a bad way to do that, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. We were very disappointed with the Scarlets game. I think. We maybe played a bit as individuals rather than collective team team effort. So that's what the main focus going into that Dragons game was to get work together and collective. And that was how the only way we we're going to grind out a win over there. And then again this week, you know, the main objective was four points and getting the extra bonus point there was brilliant for us. And as you say, nine points is massive for us. Huge game for us next week, but a short turnaround in Friday game. So it'll be important now to rest up and, and, and get a, a big win before the break. Can you give me a bit of insight on how that back line is functioning? Because, you know, players are receiving the ball first receiver. Everyone's kind of mixing around a little bit. There's a lot of switching. You come into the line at different points. 
patterns. Is a lot of that just playing heads up rugby or is it, is it something that you're working to try and develop in terms of patterns? No, it's definitely something we've been working on. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe in, in, in the past we haven't really, we've kind of been relying on the 10 to pull the strings all the time. So we've really um, had to stand up this year. Everyone's been standing the first receiver and we've had, it makes it a lot easier for the 10, you know, to be, that everyone's standing in like that. And But it's something we've been working on through the backs and, you know, bossing the forwards around a bit more and it's really coming together now. It's looking good on the pitch, so hopefully we can keep that going. Good feeling when you went in for that trial. Yeah, absolutely. Massive relief, so delighted with that, yeah. And Cardiff next week, like, what are you thinking in terms of what you've got from the intensity here and the way you played? How can you kind of utilise that in, in terms of your confidence for that match? Yeah, I suppose two wins on the bounce now is very, is very important for us, but, you know, we're under no illusions. It's going to be a massive task going over there. They've got the, the 4G artificial pitch, which will be uh, different, obviously, to what we're, we're used to, so um, it looks like it could be a fast game. Um, I suppose, assume the conditions aren't too bad. But they had a big win today, so it's important now that uh, you know we keep keep our feet on the ground and we have a big week training and, and get a W over there next week. That's the voice of Tiernan O'Halloran. Great to hear him. And he's had two uh, great games for Connacht. Three great games actually off the bench, really, particularly the last two, starting this week and storming to victory. Just want to talk about the forwards quickly. Uh, Ali Muldowney. William, will I start with you? Great game from Ali. We were stunned with his performance. Not stunned. We're, we're, we're very impressed with him all, all along this season, but particularly stood out today. Yep, he absolutely did. Um, maybe it was easy to stand out today for any of the forwards because they were a very dominant pack yeah. against a very disorganised pack uh, who I wouldn't say threw in the toe in the first half but they certainly did in the second half. But then you're looking for players to do things accurately and that's what they all did. They recycled the ball, they didn't give away silly penalties at the breakdown which is one of the bugbears in the last two weeks. So, yeah, overall, I would have actually made him man of the match. Craig Ronaldson got it, but I suppose that was just for a flawless kicking display, really. Absolutely, and uh, as I wait to see, will you keep an eye that our chips come along there, Alan, because we need some food? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Um, you know, now that the batteries are refreshed and you maybe, found the keys in the car. Maybe they've had to get some batteries from the kitchen, would you oh, think? Oh, could have been. Maybe, maybe the fryer didn't have enough batteries in it, you know, and they had to go to their car, but they forgot the keys of the car. Oh, no, we won't go into that. The other chips on the roof? No, we haven't. <laughs> Good timing on that. Good timing on that. That was excellent. We picked that up there. <laughs> oh, here we go, here we go. There's the chips. <laughs> I think that's a good time to pause. We got chips. I know we'll keep going. We're professional. We can we can eat chips and take none for you, Dave. That's the way it works. No, out. I've got my chips are in their more traditional form. <laughs> yeah, liquid <laughs> chips. Sorry, yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, forget, yeah. Yeah, Ali Muldowney. Since since the Ulster game, that man seems to be getting better and better and better. He's just you know, thirty-one-year-old guy playing at the peak of his powers now. He really is playing some tremendous rugby. Heenan's come in and just giving us a whole set of go-forward, both in defence and in attack, that we haven't had for a while. You know, we're playing like we were back in October at this stage. That's the first time we've played like that in about four or five months. Do you know what Heenan provides? He provides that extra ball-carrying ability to John Muldoon. So then Muldoon doesn't have as much work, and they dovetailed superbly well in the first half against the wind, one taking it up, then the other. Indeed. If you look at it, I agree with the lads. muldowney has been amazing. It's allowed Queen Rue to be... I think Queen Rue... I'm not saying he's, he's gone off. What I'm saying is Quinru has gone back into being quietly effective. Well, Muldowney's the more obvious. I mean, Quinru will never do it. I mean, Muldowney, the best bit today, it led to nothing. But he takes, he's on his knees, takes a one-handed catch, passes going behind him, gets up and then does an overheaded offload to Danny Bowman on the wing. You're thinking, and you're thinking, wow, that's just, that's being flash. Except it comes from confidence. And the confidence comes from the fact that they had driven that Treviso back back for two tries and should have got a third, but they are stopped, they are stopped with, the, with, with, with the second one. 
he's been amazing. But, but also, Masterson comes in and takes pressure off John. And John is, John is now being quietly effective rather than... I mean, which is why what happened in the Scarlet stands out, because John had been so quietly getting about and doing his job without standing out. And I mean, that's what you want. Jake does an awful lot of the horrific work that we don't like, that, that nobody, everybody needs but nobody likes to do. And Owen comes in and he brings a little bit of go forward. So that when George, Georgie can now be an impact sub, something was said this week, or obviously something, but based on last week, the entire pack went into the day going, you know what, we're going to take these guys. And no matter what we do, if it, goes, if it comes off, brilliant. If it doesn't come off, we're not going to go in the sulk. And that was a massive difference to two weeks ago, sir. Right at the end of the game, just, just because we don't want to over-talk about this performance today, because, again, the opposition, as William kind of highlighted, the opposition were poor in the end. But, you know, right at the end of the game, Ronan Lochney, Shane Delahunt were on the pitch, Bielan was on the pitch, Narubu was on the pitch, uh, Carney was on the pitch. And with their work and with some brilliant forward play Della Hunt had a couple of superb carries they played their part in a try that Connor Finn was outstanding when he came on uh, Jack Cardi as always alive with energy when he came on that last try was just I know that the opposition were floundering at that stage but what a score it was it was a cracking score but I'm just going to go back to the only person in the pack we haven't mentioned was McCartney who was tremendous again today that was back to what he'd been doing earlier on in the season that break that couple of weeks breaks obviously done him the power of good as well and he's back playing. And also, you know, it's better pitches, better weather. You know, it's very cold tonight, but it's perfect for playing rugby. It's lovely to play rugby when it's that cold. I'll give you a train of talk right here, OK? Just to finish with him on this. You said to me a few weeks ago, I said, two wins from four, have to get. Three wins from four would be brilliant in this spell of games. I said, you know, I suppose the Scarlets, if we're going to get three from four, we have to beat Scarlets. He said, no, our best chance of getting three from four is probably winning in Cardiff. Do you still think that? Do you think they have a shot? Yeah, I do. I actually think it's a funny juxtaposition. I think it actually helps us that Cardiff won today. Yeah, yeah me too. Um, because it's taken the pressure off those players now with their yeah. no coach. Yeah. Absolutely the smallest crowd I have ever seen at a game at Cardiff Arms Park. There might have been 1,500 people there, maybe less. It was deserted. Mostly, I suspect, because being good Welsh rugby fans, they were at home cheering on Ireland against the English, which was coming up on the, coming up on the telly. Uh, Ireland, as they were in that game, they would refer to Ireland as the team they were playing England. Uh, well, no, they would just say us. <laughs> but I, th- I actually think if we go there with the same level of commitment that we showed today and the same speed, play the game at speed. I think you can rattle what looked a very young Cardiff side today. Maybe they'll bring a few more people in, but Cardiff have, are not quite in the desperation stakes now because they've won a game. Uh, whereas if they'd lost today, they would have been in a backs against the wall sort of is my contract about to be cancelled situation because it appears to be complete chaos there as to who's staying, who's going and who's coaching. Next Friday night, I've now decided is a must-win game if we're going to finish sixth in this league. Yeah, because Alan said it last week's podcast, the Scarlet still have Treviso and Zebra away. They are going to finish strong. I think you also said you think they'll win in Edinburgh, so I presume you agree. It's pre- If they're going to get six, it's must win. As far as whether the season is a success or failure, no, you wouldn't say that, but certainly if they want to get six, they need to win. Yeah, and they also have the Dragons as well, who lost to Zebra today, so you know they're not going to get a whole hell of a lot better, even if they do have some of their players back from, from the West thing. So yeah, you'd expect, you'd expect Scarlet's to win four more games. You know, so we're we're looking at a situation where we have to win next week. There's no question. 
All right, last week we, we did the major faux pas of omitting the fact that during the period between one podcast and the other, Michael Swift had announced his retirement. Uh, local radio did a great piece with him anyways, and uh, he's certainly going to get a huge ovation from the fans when he's finished this season. A remarkable Connick career with many highlights, but most of it, the work being done in the unsung rooks. William, what a player he's been for Connacht, and maybe we might even see him once more before the season's out if he gets back from this injury. It would be great to see him again. Hopefully he, he does get a valedictory game. It mightn't be available because we might be needing points right up to the end, and I suppose he's he slipped a little bit off the radar now. What I would say about him is he was a man who was there in the dark days, the really dark days, when trekking up to the sports ground to watch Connacht was more of a trial at times than a, an enjoyable afternoon's entertainment. And he never, it's a, it's a cliche, but he never gave less than 100%. He tore around the field, he knocked people down, he made tackles, he took the ball up against far superior packs. Uh, and then when it was really, really at the coal face and we were struggling, you always felt that he was trying to drive them forward. And for that, I'll remember him. Yeah, legend. That's the only word I put with him. The, the, the guy's a legend. I look like, you know, he does have that cracking English London accents you know his you know you got his, his well his mum was in from Wexford and his dad was from Dublin or the other way around I can't remember which way it was so like he has a full Irish background there um, you know and he's been here since 2000 when he joined Galwegians as well as Connacht at the time and he's just been a pure legend and a great guy to talk to I've met him out a couple of times and he's just so full of chat so full of life and then he goes out on the field and he absolutely annihilates anybody he gets in his way total legend a beast that just hit, takes the hit and goes to the next rock doesn't want any mess and doesn't want anything around the edges you know I, I said Dave just to tee you up for the final word on this but I said in the piece I did in Goy FM that one of my great memories was the away games in France because that's where Michael Swift just came to the fore we were over in Dax Allen I think he had a stormer there I remember in Bézier absolutely dominant display when they beat Bézier that was 2003 and you know what's really good the or the book ends all that he was on the field in Bayonne when they made the 15 changes and all those young lads were out there and there was the old veteran doing the business over there and we saw that in the grainy feed online and he really just underlined what he's about Pride in the jersey is a, is a phrase we throw out it's one of those phrases we use in every sport about you got to have pride in the jersey it's something we've all played we've always had pride in the jersey but for him it's almost like a personal affront that people were trying to beat his team um, and he I mean, he had more in the over the first ten years he was here. He had more bad days than good days. But over the last four times, he last four years, he has been there. He's been able to benefit from and enjoy those days away, the Toulouse's away, the Bayons away, because he's experienced the, the horrificness of the one man and his dog. And that was only if Alan remembered to bring his dog days. Um, whereas he's he's been there. He's been there through it both. I mean, he's so long at the club that the previous club he was with in England, Richmond, has not existed as a professional rugby club for 12 years. <laughs> I mean, that's how long he has been here. Um, he, w- there will be, unless one of the young kids that we see decides that they're going to make their life in Galway, and that's a big issue for a 23-year-old guy to come over here and decide he's going to make his life here, both on and off the pitch. That's a huge. You don't see that anymore. So unless somebody does that, I think he's the last of his kind. We might see it in Leinster, we might see it in Munster, but to get a, a lad to come over at 20 to stay at Connacht till they're nearly 40, that's, we might not see that again. 
he is unique. And like I say, as the lad said, he was there in the bad times. I think it's great he was also there in the good times. And he might get one game, and maybe it'll be in the final, it'll ask him where we get the top six. Who knows? <laughs> All right, we've reached the end of our podcast. Uh, rant times. We haven't reached the end of our podcast. The lads nearly explode. Well, William doesn't seem to... We'll get to you in a second, but the lads nearly just dropped their drinks uh, at the thought of not getting a chance to rant. Alan, do you want to go first? I'm only, only going to rant on my, a correction of the fact that um, it wasn't our biggest ever league win. We bet Kyra Philly 62-0 back in 2001, and amazingly, Michael Swift wasn't playing that day. So he's missed the two biggest wins we've ever had. Unreal. <laughs> Michael, what do you do? In, and there was how many people attended that game against Carfilly? We had 455 plus my dog. <laughs> I, even I missed that game. Um, but yeah, oh yeah, just a point there, you might have missed that off record. When I said you nearly dropped the drinks, William said it's hard to drop a drink when you don't buy us one, but anyways, that's another story. It's a small thing, but it would be nice if the guys in the <laughs> on the PA could learn the names of the opposition in the week leading up to the game it's Italians tend to tend to catch them out South Sea Islanders do tend to catch them out but there was it was just I mean Prasikesi Matteo Prasikesi is an Italian international his name got butchered today um, and he was clearly and I, I think I know who was there and I, I like if it's who I think it was I actually have a very good time for him it's just, I just think when it comes to this it's, it's, it's a faux pas he clearly read the names off the team sheet and the Italians had included all the middle names as well so suddenly you had Rupert Har- first of all who Chris gives their child the, the first names Rupert Sinclair and secondly <laughs> secondly if his, if his first names are Rupert Sinclair have the decency and don't say the Sinclair business <laughs> but it was just a mangling it wasn't just today but they mangled the names today no and we should also shouldn't have to be Blair out or it is so loud that you can't even talk to the person next to you you know do they really have to be so loud it's so frustrating I know I go on every week but I'm just going to keep going on about it Robbie Henshaw 28 to 1 on Betfair first by scorer <laughs> he doesn't even have it to the rant about <laughs> right that's it for this week we'll be back next week with the uh, post game chat about Cardiff I don't know when we're recording but we'll have to wait and see that's it that's yeah, hopefully it's not somewhere cold where we're waiting around. And thanks to our live studio audience here. Yes, Second captains have nothing on us. Nothing. Uh, well, apart from an expense account and a bigger budget, but apart from that, nothing. nothing. <laughs>